Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. More than half a million jobs added in the U.S. last month, according to new government data. How could this affect the Federal Reserve's decision on interest rates? Gas stoves have joined the culture wars. Two senators from different parties team up to write the Gas Stove Protection and Freedom Act. They want to ban a government ban on gas stoves. Twitter now sharing ad revenue with some content creators. How could it help the platform? And U.S. firms investing billions in China's artificial intelligence sector, according to a new report. What are the concerns? That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Twitter will start sharing ad revenue with some of its content creators, chief executive Elon Musk said today. Musk tweeted, starting today, revenue from ads that appear on a creator's reply threads will be shared. The user must be a subscriber of Blue Verified, Musk said. He didn't say, though, how much of a percentage will be shared with creators. The move would give Twitter users more options to monetize the platform, and it could also help Twitter to compete with other social media platforms. YouTube and TikTok both let content creators take a cut of ad revenue, sometimes 50-50. Responding to the news, popular podcaster Lex Fridman said, hopefully this encourages more great content, not more divisive drama. Executives at Google set a subdued tone on a call with investors, promising an extended period of belt tightening. NTD's Sean Marshall gives us some details on the call and Google's future outlook. Google parent company Alphabet Incorporated on Thursday posted fourth quarter profit and sales below the hopeful expectations of Wall Street. A decline in online ad spending and competition from rivals like Microsoft with its recent AI chatbot implementation have weighed heavily on the search giant. While overall revenue grew, advertising revenue fell by 4% and revenue at YouTube declined 8% year over year. But Google CEO Sundar Pichai mentioned that YouTube Shorts viewership has been growing. Viewership is growing rapidly, uh, 50 billion plus daily views up from 30 billion last spring. On YouTube TV, uh, we're building the ability for subscribers uh, to, for example, watch multiple screens at once. Chai also spoke about the future growth of connections with the NFL. Every YouTube viewer who's interested in the NFL uh, can now have one-click access uh, to the full offering of Sunday Ticket um, as an add-on package uh, on YouTube uh, TV subscription and as a standalone offering on primetime channels. Um, This will be the first time that uh, Sunday Ticket is actually available uh, a la carte for fans. As for Google's artificial intelligence outlook, the company has been cautious to disclose its AI capabilities to the public. This comes after fallout over a former employee's claim that Google's chatbot was sentient. Though they have revealed information on AI projects, such as a music generation program capable of generating music from text descriptions, Pichai also mentioned that in the coming weeks and months, people will be able to interact directly with the chatbot search function in experimental and innovative ways. Sean Marshall, NTD News. On Wall Street, stocks ended down after surprising job growth raised questions about how the Fed will respond. More on that in just a moment. The Dow lost 128 points or four-tenths of a percent. S&P fell 43 points or one percent. NASDAQ lost 194 points or 1.6 percent. Despite recession fears, there are more signs that the labor market is still strong. Today, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported the U.S. economy added 517,000 jobs in January. The surge is a big surprise. It's more than two times higher than expected. 
The leisure and hospitality sectors saw the most gains. The government also said the unemployment rate fell to 3.4 percent. That's a level the U.S. hasn't seen since 1969. And it seems Americans are getting paid more. Average hourly earnings went up three-tenths of one percent month over month, 4.4 percent year over year. The year-over-year consumer price inflation was 6.5 percent last month. Joining me now to talk about the new jobs report is Julia Pollack, chief economist at Zip Recruiter. I mean, Julia, wow, this report blindsided everybody. Nobody expected this. What happened here? How did we get over 500K jobs added last month? Well, people were expecting to see either a soft landing or a hard landing, and instead they saw a takeoff. Job growth exploded, and earlier this week we heard that job openings are soaring as well, which uh, bodes well for future job growth. You said something interesting on, on Twitter that almost everything that is good in the short term is bad in the long term. This is curious. What do you mean by that? So every macroeconomist knows that most things that are good in the short run are, are bad in the long run and vice versa. Uh, this degree of labor market strength and tightness suggests that we could have further inflationary pressure ahead. And we now have two job openings for every unemployed worker in America. And that would force the Fed to come at the labor market with an even bigger bucket of cold water. Uh, interest rate increases like the ones we've seen so far have been tolerated well by the economy, but it's unclear how long that will continue. And they haven't been without cost. They have dramatically slowed activity in the housing market and also uh, business investment. And along with today's data, there was uh, data yesterday that jobless claims uh, dropped to a nine-month low. I wonder, is this being reflected in the jobs report today? Does it match what the new report is telling us? Absolutely. I mean, we saw this decline in the unemployment rate to 3.4 percent, the lowest since 1969. Nationwide monthly numbers of layoffs are 24 percent lower than their pre-pandemic average. There are three sectors where uh, layoffs are above average, transportation and warehousing, financial services, and tech. And uh, in the rest of the economy, on Main Street, those tens of thousands of layoffs in tech are being largely offset by uh, the fact that layoffs and discharges are lower by about 500,000 a month uh, on Main Street in restaurants, in retail stores. And I always like to ask about this, you know, we're talking about a possible recession in the first half of this year. But with such a strong jobs report uh, that we got this morning, what is that going to look like? So there is nothing recessionary in this jobs report at all. This report suggests a very strong accelerating labor market with plenty of fuel in the tank. That said, uh, the Fed has raised interest rates very rapidly. Usually, in our standard macroeconomic models and throughout history, uh, increases in the inflation rate have had a cost, an economic cost. They have slowed economic growth, and they have also uh, caused employment to rise. Um, we're not completely out of the woods yet. There is some risk that we just haven't seen the full effects of that increase in interest rates yet. Thank you very much, Julia Pollack, Chief Economist at Zip Recruiter. Pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much. A suspected Chinese spy balloon has been spotted over the U.S. Pentagon officials say they've been tracking it for several days now. It's believed the craft floated in from Canada before crossing airspace over Montana. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on what's known so far. F-22 fighter jets were launched when the balloon was detected over Montana. 
Senior military leaders advised President Biden not to shoot it down. A senior defense official cautioned that the balloon is big enough to cause debris damage to those on the ground. The official says the balloon's current flight path carries it over a number of sensitive sites. He didn't go into detail into what those sites were. Montana is home to Malmstrom Air Force Base, which houses 150 intercontinental ballistic missile silos. It's possible that's what the surveillance balloon was trying to get a closer look at. But the Pentagon says the balloon doesn't have significant value, above what Chinese spy satellites already have for intelligence gathering. The Pentagon press secretary says the military has taken measures to conceal any sensitive information that could be spotted from such a craft. Retired U.S. Air Force General Philip Breedlove noted the timing of the incident and questioned what the balloon was carrying or trying to sense and collect. When you get a big package like this that can carry a lot of kit, it's concerning to know what they're actually after. Breedlove suggested the possibility of the Chinese regime trying to provoke a preemptive response. If we shoot down a Chinese uh, object over our airspace, um, is that a precedent that we can live with? Would we then set a precedent whereby we think we're flying in international space near China, but they believe it's Chinese airspace and they take the same action that we did? The incident comes at a time of heightened tensions between China and the U.S., and just days before Secretary of State Antony Blinken plans to travel to Beijing. It's pretty clear uh, that uh, China and Xi uh, have obviously been a lot more aggressive uh, about uh, their military presence, uh, South China Sea, their threats on Taiwan. The Pentagon has reportedly engaged Chinese officials through multiple channels and communicated the seriousness of the matter. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has decided to postpone his visit to China. On Capitol Hill, lawmakers on both sides of the aisle called for action to address the threat posed by the Chinese Communist Party. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has requested a classified gang of eight briefing for congressional leaders. While the economic and military competition between the U.S. and China intensifies, a new report says U.S. firms have been investing billions of dollars in China's artificial intelligence sector. Georgetown University published the report. The report found that about $40 billion in investments into Chinese AI had U.S. backing. Between 2015 and 2021, for every dollar invested in Chinese AI, nearly 40 cents came from American companies. American investments in China-based AI companies have come under fire in recent years. The criticism is due largely to the Chinese Communist Party's tight control of these firms. The CCP requires China-based companies to make all of their data available upon request. The U.S. government is concerned China would use both the information and the tech to improve its military capabilities and, as a result, to overtake the United States as the world's leading technological power. Nonprofit journalism group Project Veritas published a new video last night. It shows alleged Pfizer executive discussing whether Pfizer's COVID vaccine is affecting women's reproductive health. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the story. The Veritas journalist asked alleged Pfizer executive Jordan Tristan Walker about vaccine injuries and liability. They then discussed problems observed with menstrual cycles. 
irregular about their menstrual cycle, so people have to investigate that down the line. Yeah. Well, because that is a little concerning. Because, like, if you think about the science, like, it shouldn't be interacting with, like, you know, the, uh, it's called, like, the hypo uh, hypothalamus, anterior gonadal axis. Right. Like, you know, the hormones are like, their menstrual cycles and things like that. And they actually shouldn't be interfering with that, so we don't really and know. The journalist points out that Walker is a urologist, so he should understand what's going on. Walker says that's why he understands that it's weird. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, and we don't discover something really bad in that one. I hope we don't find out that like there's somehow this mRNA like lingers in the body and then like has because it has to be impacting something hormonal to impact menstrual cycles. Right. So somehow the vaccine must be interacting with like the axis signal, the HPG axis. The HPG axis refers to the hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and gonadal glands. It controls development, reproduction, and aging. So the HPG axis is why the fertility problems are happening. Yeah, because they control the cycles. So like, if anything is impacting that, it must be impacting these hormones okay. somehow. But then we can figure out like how are they impacting hormones? Because like the signaling sucks in like the brain, right? Dr. Robert Malone says that variations in menstrual cycles and the onset of menses in postmenopausal women are troubling. All these things are pointers that there's something going wrong with the ovaries, because mm. the ovaries drive menstruation. Dr. Stephanie Seneff also weighs in. In a study that actually traced where does the RNA go, they found the, among the organs, they found the highest level in the spleen. And then among women, they found second highest level in the ovaries which is very problematic for pregnancy. According to clinical trials, COVID-19 vaccines are reportedly unlikely to impact fertility in the long term. Walker says that looking forward, Pfizer is developing the mRNA technology for, quote, a whole list of things. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Gas stoves have joined the culture wars. Senators Joe Manchin and Ted Cruz have teamed up to introduce a new bill called the Gas Stove Protection and Freedom Act. This bill would ban the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission from banning gas stoves. This is happening after a Biden official suggested the government might ban gas stoves. The official Richard Trumpka called gas stoves a hidden hazard. He said that products that can't be made safe can be banned. Senator Joe Manchin says the federal government has no business telling American families how to cook their dinner. He says the last thing that would ever leave his own home is the gas stove his family cooks on. Senator Ted Cruz accuses radical environmentalists of trying to stop Americans from using gas. He says the proposed ban is just egregious scaremongering by the far left and Biden administration allies. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis also jumped into the gas stove battle. He proposed pro-gas stove policies for Floridians. We're also eliminating permanently the sales tax on gas stoves. They want... They are coming after people's gas stoves. New York is just doing something to ban. So as they're banning, we're saying no tax. But uh, this is just a principle of this, that they want to control every single aspect of your life. Richard Trumka, the Biden official who proposed the ban, said gas stove use is associated with an increased risk of asthma among children. He cited a recent study from the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health. Around 40 percent of the homes in the U.S. use gas stoves. 
We spoke to Diana Furchgott Roth, an energy expert from the Heritage Foundation. She also served in senior roles in the Reagan, H.W. Bush, and Bush White Houses. Furchgott Roth advises not, not to be so fast in assuming gas stoves lead to health problems like asthma. The exact cause of asthma is unknown and the causes may be different person to person. This is on the front page of the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute website, and it makes it clear that we do not know the causes of asthma. So saying that asthma is caused by natural gas stoves is just uh, a um, mistake. It's an excuse. Furch Scott Roth also raises the possibility that the actual objective here is to phase out natural gas because natural gas is a fossil fuel after all and environmentalists want to get rid of fossil fuels to reduce carbon emissions. Furch Scott Roth says getting rid of natural gas stoves in particular won't reduce carbon emissions. The United States has been using more natural gas, but emissions have gone down, total carbon emissions. Why? because natural gas is a clean form of power and it has been displacing coal, which is a more dirty form of power. So the idea that you need to ban natural gas to keep down emissions or that we are going to get to net zero emissions in 2050 is just a myth. The public reacted negatively after Richard Trumka suggested banning gas stoves. That was early last month. After the negative reaction, the Biden administration told people the ban wouldn't happen. Meanwhile, the Energy Department this week proposed new efficiency standards for gas stoves and other cooking appliances. The Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers says the standards could effectively put a ban on gas appliances. Taking a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, a brand of eye drops being recalled. The FDA warns they could be contaminated and lead to serious health consequences. And a nonprofit flies doctors to remote parts of Australia. For many parents, is the first time they can address their children's health concerns with a specialist. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. The maker of Artificial Tears Lubricant Eye Drops is recalling the product due to possible contamination. The packaging looks like this. The FDA warns that a microbial contaminant found in the eye drops could cause eye infections that could lead to blindness. So far, 55 people have reported adverse reactions and one person with a bloodstream infection actually died. The products were sold in stores nationwide and on the internet. And meanwhile, healthcare in the Australian bush isn't as accessible as it is in the country's cities, but a nonprofit is trying to bridge that gap through a program that delivers specialist pediatric care to remote communities. NTD's Andrew Thomas has the details of their mission. This small plane is making a big difference in regional New South Wales. Little Wings is flying metropolitan doctors to remote areas to provide medical care. What we're doing is taking any doctor 
from any hospital out to deliver services. A quick stopover picks up a pediatric cardiologist. For parents, it's always daunting or stressful to think that your child may have a heart problem. Um, so being able to provide either reassurance or at least the appropriate care and appropriate counseling is important. For many parents, it's the first time they can address their children's health concerns with a specialist. Six-year-old Bailey had major heart surgery when he was just five days old. He has to see a specialist every year. For us to travel to Newcastle to see them, we've got to pay accommodation costs and take two days off work. Little Wing says the program has helped free up 8,000 hospital beds in the last 18 months. What that really means is that 8,000 nights were spent at home for little people. Two years ago, the program didn't exist. But the need for ones like it increased during the pandemic, when many people in remote communities couldn't access medical care. Now Little Wings is flying out doctors six times a week to run clinics across regional New South Wales. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And that's all today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at NTD.com. We read all the emails. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next week.